It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. Newly inaugurated Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin wasted no time following through on his campaign promises, and he's facing no shortage of pushback from Democrats. This weekend, Youngkin enacted a ban on mask mandates in Virginia public schools, as well as one on teaching of critical race theory, blocking that. School districts in Richmond, Alexandria, Fairfax, and Arlington were quick to tell parents that their schools' mask mandates will remain in effect. For this and all that's happening on Capitol Hill, we'll bring in our panel, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, Tom Bevan, former spokesperson for the United States Department of State, Morgan Ortegas, and radio host and Fox News contributor, Leslie Marshall. Um, you know, Tom, Glenn Youngkin campaigned on all of this. Uh, it should not be a surprise, but it did seem to cause a kerfuffle. It did, didn't it? Uh, look, this is... Um we're we're in a pretty divided country and and you know virginia was the epicenter of this push on critical race theory that has become a hot button issue and it's what you know it's what propelled him to win this election but in implementing it obviously we're seeing that the divisions that exist not only within the country but within individual states where you've got these very liberal um counties very liberal school districts that uh, that are pushing back and saying, you know, no, we're not going to do that. And so I think the fight is going to continue. Uh, it's going to be a struggle for the administration, the new administration. Um, and we'll see how far they get and how long it goes. But but it's certainly like, I mean, this is what he ran on. This is why he is the governor of Virginia, the new governor of Virginia. And so I think it was incumbent upon him to follow through on the promises that he made to the people who elected him. Leslie, meantime, Democrats on Capitol Hill still pushing forward on uh, voting rights reform, voting rules reform, uh, but the bill, and uh, even though they don't have the votes. And so push is going to come to shove here, and they're going to have to do the math and realize they're going to be too short, at least heading in. That's what it looks like. Yeah, but if they can get those 51 votes after having a debate, even if that takes weeks or some people are saying possibly months, um, you know, there are no rules once debate has been completed as to them uh, having a vote. And that definitely changes things uh, for the Democrats. Now, this is definitely beyond old school prior to 1917. Uh, but this is the way things were done at one time uh, with our government uh, in our nation. Uh, if the Senate GOP hold the floor, have their debate, like I said, days, weeks or months, and you have a Senate Majority Leader Schumer then call for the vote, it could be a simple majority vote um, of 51. Can we get to that number by then? Stranger things have happened, Brett. Wow, that's that's interesting. Morgan, I don't know. 
I, the people I talk to on the Hill say, you know, the numbers aren't there and it's just a matter of cinema and mansion, but maybe other moderate Democrats who have a problem with these changes. Yeah, if you're a moderate Democrat and you uh, have a problem with the changes you just said, or you've signaled even that this legislation might not be palatable for you, and there were certainly some that did, you know, you wouldn't stick your head above water right now when you see the beating uh, that Manchin and Cinema are getting uh, from their own party and other people in the media who are supposed to be nonpartisan. Um, even Elizabeth Warren saying this morning that she'll deal with whether the two of them should have primary challenges after this week. So the threats are clear. They are imminent. Um, but I think that there are plenty of other moderate Democrats that have signaled that they have had problems with the legislation as it stands. You know, not to mention that, uh, you know, President Biden, who ran on being someone that was a Washington insider who could get major legislation through, has made basically zero attempts from at least from what's been reported to reach out to moderate Republican senators or, or people who've taken on this issue in the past. I mean, look at Tim Scott, who's been uh, very uh, front and center on on issues like these, on criminal justice reform. You may not be able to pick up any Republicans, but I think laying it all uh, at the feet of Manchin and Cinema is, is just not accurate whenever you look at the many other moderates in the Democratic Party. And Tom, I guess the question is, as a lot of people are focused on inflation, what it costs to put stuff on the table at home, uh, they're focused on crime in big cities and safety. And, you know, there's a lot of things that people are focused on. Voting rights doesn't seem to be top of the list. I mean, obviously, everybody wants everyone to be able to vote, but that it was a huge problem is not coming up in poll after poll. It is not. And in fact, there was a CBS News poll over the weekend that showed that the administration, I think only uh, about a third of people say that the administration is focused on the issues that that they believe they care about. Um, And two thirds of people say that they're focused on issues that they care a little bit about or don't care about at all. Um, And to your point, Brett, the main issue that people care about right now is inflation. And the administration is spending all of its time trying to trying to convince people that voting in America in 2022 is the same as 1965. It's, it's, it's not really um, going over. And quite frankly, it's, it's baffling to me. I mean, this, the strategy of, of, you know, embarking on, on a piece of legislation and a, and a, a legislative push, making the centerpiece of your agenda uh, an issue where you don't have the votes, even if you did have the votes and managed to pass it, it would be challenged constitutionally almost immediately um, and in, in order to get there, you have to literally demonize members of your own party as racists. And and I mean, the, the language that has been used against Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema uh, is just is just ridiculous. And so they've chosen to highlight the disunity within their caucus on this issue of the filibuster. Um, and the only explanation is they're trying to get, you know, the base riled up during an election year and to make this something that will bring back African-Americans and progressive whites, uh, you know, get them re-engaged and re-energized after months of sort of being dispirited by watching the squabbling in Washington over Build Back Better and that sort of dying a slow death. But by doing that, I mean, it, it, A, it's not even clear that that it will energize the base in that way. And and they risk uh, turning off moderates and independents uh, and swing voters in a lot of places around the country, because, again, the, the, the crux of the message that Biden sent last week is, if you don't agree with me, 
you are the equivalent of Jefferson Davis, Bull Connor, and George Wallace. And that's just, it's a really risky strategy. And as I said, to me, at least kind of baffling. Guys, let's hold it right there. We'll continue after this. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Leslie, what is the other MO for doing this? I mean, the critics would say that this is an effort to continue the emergency status of mail-in ballots. It worked well the last time. Um, what, what other reasons? I mean, because if you look at the insides of some of these state laws, they're not limiting voting hours. There are some different changes that have happened. Some demand voter ID, which is overwhelmingly popular around the country. Um, but it's, it's not like different districts are being shut down. In fact, most of these bills expand hours of voting. Not in every state, Brett. A couple of reasons to answer your question, uh, and then I'll get to the specifics on the states. Uh, First of all, we just talked about a governor in Virginia that's, you know, day one signed all these executive orders. Why? Because he promised that's what he was going to do if elected governor. Joe Biden promised not just African-Americans and not just progressives, but those that voted for him, that these things would be his agenda. Infrastructure, uh, build back better. Um, and obviously voting rights. You can walk and chew gum and you should be able to and you have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, This is what they are talking about now. It doesn't mean that inflation doesn't matter. It certainly doesn't mean that immigration doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you just walk away from forever build back better. And, uh, you know, certainly infrastructure is something no other president, Democrat or Republican could get done. And he did get that done. I think Joe Biden, first and foremost, is keeping a promise that he made when he ran uh, to be elected president of the United States. The other thing is that voting rights aren't just uh, liked by, uh, you know, progressives and not all minority voters are progressives. When you look at the breakdown time, you should know this pollster man here, um, you know, African-Americans, Latinos, um, you know, especially here in California, you know, many are like me, they're centrist uh, and they're moderate. So let's look at some of those states. OK, and it's not just about the uh, 34 pieces of legislation in 19 states. You look at the gerrymandering in the state of North Carolina, which Donald Trump won by 49 percent. You now have the lines drawn so that Republicans have a 78 percent piece of that pie. That is not fair. That's not just not fair to Democrats. It's just not fair. And you know what Republicans said in North Carolina when they specifically pointed out how the African-American voter would be disenfranchised due to this gerrymandering North Carolina? Uh, they, they, They said they're always going to be casualties. Okay, in Texas, we have places where there are drop boxes, not just in African-American areas, but Latino areas and where the nearest drop box for them or the nearest polling station for them is very difficult to get to. And some of these are poor communities where people don't own uh, vehicles and they do rely on public transportation. And, you you know, if you don't get a day off from work to vote, you can't expect somebody to set aside six, seven, eight, ten hours uh, to vote. And so this is something that not just uh, minorities are angry about. A lot of people out there feel that this is an attack on democracy uh, and it's unjust and it's unfair to make it so difficult or to make it harder in any way, shape or form for anybody to vote. When we see other countries, people uh, you know, willing to die for that beautiful uh, right, privilege and responsibility that we as Americans have. Leslie, have you have you seen the map of Demo- that Democrats put together in the state of Illinois? Have you seen the districts that they've drawn? 
I mean, this is ridiculous. It's somehow that that, you know, Republican gerrymandering is used to disenfranchise, you know, voters of color. But Democratic gerrymandering, which has been done egregiously in Illinois, Maryland and other places, is somehow perfectly fine. I mean, it's and I also I, if you well, believe, Tom, Tom if you I never believe, said it was perfectly fi- Tom. I never said it was perfectly fine. But if you want to look at the 50 states and you want to go that route, I'm sorry, but Republicans are winning right now on which states they can take. And then we haven't even talked about how many how many people out there in Republican states are, are, are trying to. What was it? Stalin said he didn't worry about the voter. He worried about the person who counted the votes. <laughs> well, Leslie, let me just say that there have been plenty of articles written about how Republicans have actually done worse. Democrats have done much better in, in terms of redistricting this year round than they thought. So it's actually worked out a lot better for them. So if Republicans are really trying to, you know, uh, do a job, they, they've, they've done a pretty poor job. And I would also take issue with the idea that people elected Joe Biden to pass voting rights. That is not the reason. That is not what he ran his campaign on. That is not the reason that he was elected. That's one of the campaign promises that he made, Tom. One of one of many, but certainly not the primary one or two or three that he made. It's not the only thing and that's not even debatable talking about either. The thing is, is that they're trying to walk and chew gum. But so far, it is not it does not seem like uh, approval wise that the president's gotten a lot of uh, upside from from what's happened so far. Morgan, let me end it with this, which is as this is all happening, he's facing a lot of challenges overseas, including Russia being increasingly aggressive, China. Who knows about China and Taiwan uh, and Iran? That's right. Uh, let me just put a, a little bow on the conversation, my friends. Uh, Tom and Leslie just had and say that as I sit here at my desk, I'm staring at my vaccination card and my driver's license uh, that I need in order to get a hamburger in Washington, D.C. and New York. So to think that uh, we don't need those types of things in order to vote, but you need them uh, to get a piece of pizza is laughable. Uh, next, overseas. Listen, as a foreign policy nerd, Brett, Uh, Rarely do our national security issues matter. Are are they at the top of the list of voter concerns? Um, And they really shouldn't be in 22 because there's so many domestic challenges that President Biden is facing. Uh, But I keep being astounded uh, at just how much uh, we are screwing up on the international stage. I mean, we are looking at potentially uh, a ground war in Europe over Ukraine. Uh, Russia, no matter how many times we send Wendy Sherman over, Uh, does not seem convinced or scared by any of the threats from this administration. And listen, I've been supportive of some of the things that the Biden administration has said and done on Russia. I think it's good that they exposed the false flag uh, operation over the weekend. I think it's good that they have pressured on on sanctions. But unfortunately, uh, Putin thus far, his calculus seems to be a weak leader, a weak Germany, a weak France. And he's probably right in in many aspects. Uh, We also have the Olympics coming up, but people continually worried about what China may or may not do in Taiwan based off their behavior uh, in uh, in Hong Kong. And, And finally, on your Iran point, listen, we had a terrorist attack yesterday in the United Arab Emirates that killed three civilians. Um, And so we have some really, really serious problems in the world uh, when I think the world sees, uh, you know, they could read the poll numbers just as much as American citizens can. They know the president's in trouble. They know the vice president's in trouble. And I think some of the world's worst leaders are going to take advantage of it. Dangerous time. Uh, All right, panel, thank you very much. Now for a bit of history. On January 18th, 1919, the Paris peace conference kicked off in France following the First World War. Diplomats from all 
30 nations all over the world converged on Versailles to find a path forward for a lasting order in the world, led by what was known as the Big Four of the United States, France, Great Britain, and Italy. The conference resulted in the formation of the League of Nations, as well as strict punitive measures in Germany that most historians hold responsible for the eventual outbreak of the Second World War. Well, that'll do it for us this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. For Morgan, Leslie, and Tom, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.